0: On today's show, Glenn Willis of Peachtree Hoops, ATL 29 is back to begin a conversation about the preseason, what to watch for, what everybody's looking for at this point when it comes to the Atlanta Hawks over the next couple of weeks. We'll get into all of that and more on the way. You are locked on Hawks. Your daily Atlanta Hawks podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Hello, friends. Welcome to episode one five six zero of the Atlanta Hawks podcast. I am your host, Brad Roland, coming to you here on a Wednesday evening into Thursday in the early part of October. Training camp is happening for the Atlanta Hawks, and it is a fun time to be observing and taking stock in the NBA. But before we get to all of what's happening on today's show, including a visit from Glenn Willis of ATL twenty nine Peachtree Hoops, etc., I should tell you, stop the podcast to make us your first listen each and every day. Please subscribe to the podcast and check us out anywhere you get your podcasts. Places like Apple. Spotify, we're on Google Podcasts, we're on YouTube on the video side, and really, again, anywhere you get your podcasts. Glenn is an X's and O's expert, uh, someone who pays very close attention to the Hawks as I do. And this is actually going to be part one of a two-part conversation about the Hawks increases in the preseason at this point in time. If you missed it in recent days, I've done some over-under stuff with Robbie Callen. I had Ben Ladder on the show last week, a full-on Media Day bonanza on Monday, uh, both my curated thoughts as well as some raw video and audio from Quinn Snyder and Landry Fields, etc. And uh, plenty to talk about. We'll have much more coming up in the near future. But with all that said, Glenn and I, part one, coming to you right now. I am joined once again by my friend Glenn Willis, Peachtree Hoops, ATL 129. Glenn, welcome back to the podcast.
1: Hey, Brad. Good to see you. Good to be back and uh, starting to like stretch and kind of limber up a little bit (laughs) for the the season that's right upon us.
0: It uh, It is here. I told you before we started recording, I got to spend some time with our mutual friend slash nemesis i suppose kevin Schnard on monday at uh media day good to see kevin and it's 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 kind of time like we're recording this on wednesday evening uh the hawks preseason opener is a week from yesterday so it is it is tuesday in fact we'll probably plug it at the end of the podcast but Glenn is going to be in town. We're going to do a little meet and greet at the game after the game, I should say, on Tuesday. So if you are happen to be attending the preseason opener in Atlanta, that's a good time to go out. If you want to just meet the great, the great Glenn Willis, that's probably like on the marquee outside the arena. Um, Kevin and I are trying to get like meet Glenn Willis, put on the uh, on the side, <laughs> just to get everybody in there. But no, that that'll be fun. I'm looking forward to seeing you in person, and everybody can come if yeah. you're already going to the game, come see us.
1: Yeah, and if you're on the fence about going to the game, come, come to the game, game, and we'd love to, <laughs> we'd love to meet you and, and talk and have some fun and all that stuff. So yeah,
0: that will be fun. Um, other than that, though, that, just to plug that is not is not the reason why you're here today. Um, look, I, I've been talking like you have all summer long. Not not a ton has changed. Um, it was as we've all discussed, like not the most busy offseason in the world. It wasn't the least busy either. Like we, we still had more to talk about than like teams like the Knicks who like just did nothing for the most part. There were teams that just did nothing. The Hawks were not super duper active, but they made some moves and it's different. And you and I talked a lot about different things. The player capsule series, I keep plugging this all the time, but you and I talked about every player on the roster. And honestly, the vast majority of that stuff is still relevant, which is which I'm excited about for people that are like diving back in. I'm sure you've had this uh, experience the last couple of days. It feels like some Hawks fans are coming back. After the summer, which yeah. is fine. I don't I don't blame anybody for not being a, a 365 uh, day a year diehard. But um, with all that said, listen to all that stuff. But Glenn, I'll just open this up to you. Before we dive into the preseason, did you watch Media Day? I think you did because you, t- you kind of talked about it a little bit on your show. Anything jump to out to you for Media Day? Because it's like kind of a, a lot of Sound and Fury signifying nothing kind of day in a lot of ways. But uh, what did you make of anything that you heard on Media Day?
1: Yeah, I, so I caught as much as I could. I, and thankfully, you know, being on the West Coast, I was able to get um, Landry and Quinn, uh, almost all of that, uh, which was good. I, was, I still did multitask, but I, I think I got all. For, I mean, for me, it, it, there's just such a stylistic difference in terms of the media presence between Quinn you know, and Nate, right? It, that has to be kind of the biggest shift there. And Quinn will still talk around things like like all coaches do, right? That it's yes. it's it's almost a requirement of the job to be able to kind of answer a question without directly answering the question. But at the same time, if you thread everything Quinn said together, he puts his philosophy out there and makes it pretty clear, right? That that what he wants from his team, the principles, the concepts and all that sort of stuff. And that for me that was enjoyable to, to hear, right? In in terms of just kind of putting it all out there. And and I think he he does it a lot more so than um, than your average NBA coach. So just talking about whether it's spacing, sharing the ball, you know, what he need what they need on defense, what some of the challenges are gonna be. He talked about not being able to implement really any of his stuff last year, kind of coming up on the fly. He talked about what a difference it'll make to have his coaching staff in place this year. And he did, that, he did that in a way that wasn't derogatory towards the coaching staff he inherited. He's a pro, you know? And so, I, you know, I, I enjoy trying to read between the lines and trying to connect the dots and things like that. And I felt like I was able to kind of walk away with like, okay, his philosophy is pretty clear. It, I mean, and when you think about his time in Utah, it, it tracks, right. Uh, and all of that, although this is a very different team and I'm, I, I, I'm anxious to see, how different this! How different this looks as we kind of press into the season than it did then. You know, everything on defense, then from Rudy. You know, on offense was ball sharing and movement, and and like and I think the offensive concepts are going to be almost an exact replica in terms of the points of emphasis and things like that. Now he has a a, a, a higher usage kind of point guard. He has a more dynamic offensive player, a more versatile, dynamic player. Maybe I'll say it that way than he ever had in kind of Utah. And on defense, it's, it could be quite different, right? In, in that sense, um, and so, so. But for me, I appreciated that he took time and, and was thoughtful, uh, even if in some ways he uh, kind of did his job and talked around the question <laughs> a, a little bit.
0: Yeah, um, it, it was it was funny because I made the the clip on Twitter. Even I think Quinn could have gone. It was thirty. It was thirty full minutes, and he could have gone ninety uh, or longer. I mean, there were there were questions to be answered and asked that had not even, they hadn't gotten to yet. Every answer was three minutes long and it was not always what you asked. Quinn's a pro about answering the part <laughs> of the question that he wants to answer, which Kevin and I kind of laughed about. Like you'll ask him kind of a, not necessarily a multi-part question, but like a question that might have two parts and he wants to answer one of them and not the other. And um, I think he and Landry, and this is not a surprise. I know Hawks fans were kind of frustrated a little bit by um, some of the lack of specifics on like position battles in particular power forward. Cause that kind of got asked a couple of times and like, most of the time, you're not going to have, if there's some uncertainty, and there is at that spot, you're not going to get a direct answer at media day from a coach or a, or a GM on like, who's got, I mean, Landry did his job, which is to say, that's Quinn's call, which is the right thing to say. And then Quinn just kind of didn't answer it. And it's kinda, you know, that's, that's kind of the give and take, but um I did, you brought it up. I was actually going to ask you about this. Um, I wasn't surprised, but people were kind of surprised by the answer that you talked about, about him saying, you know, pretty plainly we didn't put our scheme in essentially at all. Like he kind of was, he kind of said uh, that that that's, that's now essentially. He's like, you know, we, we, we built our relationships last year. We kind of got familiar with each other and all that stuff. But now the first training camp, which is something you and I talked about a lot, but like for him to put that in kind of start terms, jumped out to me. What do you think he means by that? I, I have an idea in my head of like, putting in the scheme is like a very general phrase. It sounds like it means a lot of things. And, but wh- how did that sort of land with you in terms of like what that looks like? I know that's kind of a broad question, but I mean, that, I mean that sort of intentionally.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I don't want to do a, I mean, I don't want to do a complete kind of replay of some of the things we've touched on across sure. the summer, but like, he, like the phrase on the catch, right? Like making that decision when the ball, fine. when the ball rotates to you, you know, pass dribble, shoot, kind of get into that decision and into that action right away the point there is not just to play fast to play fast, but to stress the defense with a quick decision to attack them in a way that's whichever those three choices are most advantageous for your offense to do. So that, that can, I think, continues to kind of be the thing. If I think back to the one thing I saw in Summer League, uh, and the, and it was interesting when Quinn was like, you know, uh, Coach Lang was like, really? You want to see that in Summer League? Yeah. And, you know? And he 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 brought it up. That's,
0: that's good. I mean, the fact that Quinn even brought up summer league, like summer leagues for people like you, like you love that stuff, but he's not coaching, but it is a reminder that he is, he's always coaching. There's always a, there's always a facilitation down from the head coach down even in summer. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And so the the, the thing that jumped out to me, to me there was that a few things. One is that their, their bigs weren't always rolling to the basket. Right. Mm -hmm. And that makes me think like, okay, are they going to take a, advantage of maybe some of kongu's kind of ball skills a little bit? Because that that opens that door up, right? That was that that was there. That's not Clint's thing, right? For, <laughs> no. you know, So so are they going to play a little differently in terms of middle pick and roll and things like that, um, and that way to take advantage of uh, more of what kongu can do? But the other, really, the bigger thing was like on the weak side of the ball rotated. It wasn't just someone spaced at the three point break and someone spaced in the corner. There was some of that, but they got into split cut action a little, you know, we, we when we hear split cuts, we all think of the Warriors, right? Because that's what they've been kind of killing the people with on the weak side uh, uh, for this whole kind of run that they've kind of been on. And and it, and for what the Hawks were running was a, a fairly simplified version, but really the idea is, like, get into it quickly and have more than one player involved in how you're attacking the weak side um, in that sense. Uh, and so that's what I am, like, uh, you know, when we kind of dig into what are we looking for in the preseason, it's like... Mm-hmm. How much of that are they kind of really kind of investing in to use stress, use more complex actions on the weak side at times to stress the defense in a way that they never have before. Right. Um, The other thing really just comes down to principles of like how many times the last two seasons or whatever, we've seen the ball find someone seven seconds on the shot clock, no real kind of organization left to kind of the offensive um, action and I, I definitely think Quinn wants to really steer them away away from, from that. Like, let's get to that point of decision-making in the offense and kind of identifying what the defense is doing and attacking that earlier in the shot clock, less, oh, I got the ball with nine seconds left. I'm going to attack the mismatch. I'm going to kind of dribble down in the mid-range and, and see what I can do. And we know shot profile was, he talks all the time, I want a, a million threes and all that stuff. So, So that, for me, is like, it's, you know, Um, be more diverse in middle pick and roll because they have two centers that can do different things uh, using multiplayer action on the weak side, to stress defenses at times, and then just being more timely in what they're doing. So they don't find themselves in such a disadvantaged position late in the shot clock so often. And when you go back and and look at like when things went so off track in the last four minutes of games last, last year, Oftentimes, it's very late. They got themselves into bad late shot clock situations, yep. right? And I think they want to kind of really implement things that are going to help them not find themselves in, in such a, a tough spot because they, they lost, I don't know, eight games last year. You know that that too many w- yeah. could at least partly attributed to that problem. And I think that Quinn really wants to say let's let's not get back into that set of habits.
0: Today's show is brought to you by Ibotta. It's football season, of course. That means pizza, wings, maybe even some buffalo chicken dip, whatever you actually prefer at your tailgate or in your own home. Go all out now and get cash back on every single purchase with Ibotta. Ibotta gives you cash back on a ton of different grocery items for produce, personal care, pantry goods, and much more. And that way, you can make sure you're beating inflation no matter what you happen to be purchasing. Either link your loyalty account right now, upload your receipt as well. After you shop and get your cash back, it's just that easy with Ibotta. And the average user with Ibotta earns $100 per year. That covers the cost of an entire shopping trip or cash back on the flight you have been looking for, perhaps the game you're looking to go to, fancy dinners, et cetera. All that coming to you at Ibotta. Other apps give you points that don't actually amount to much. With, with Ibotta, though, you get real cash back. You can cash that out to your bank account, to PayPal, or gift cards. You can earn cash back on hundreds of different online brands as well and retailers. When you start with Ibotta, that includes places like Lowe's and Macy's, Sephora, Best Buy, and many more. Right now, Ibotta's are, offer our listeners $5 just for trying the service by using the promo code LOCKED when you register. Go to the App Store, Google Play Store right now, download the free Ibotta app, and use the promo code LOCKED when you get there. That is I B O. TTA in Google Play or App Store. Use the promo code LOCKED. Check out Ibotta today. I have kind of a theory, and I want to know what you think. It's a very broad one, but it feels like, given what he said about how they're putting their scheme in now, and given that this is his first training camp, I I think this is going to be, and this might sound crazy for a team that didn't make a ton of changes, again, going back to that point. I feel like it's going to be um, maybe more revelatory than most preseasons around the league. And that again, that might sound strange because they have a lot. Of, it's all the same players for the most part, other than Collins. But I feel like because of the new coach and the system stuff, maybe more like people like people people like you and me that are like paying really close attention. Um, does that make sense? I, I feel like we're almost going to see more that is of interest because look, it's a slog. You play in five games. Last year they went to Abu Dhabi. I was kind. It of, kind of an interesting wrinkle that they did. But you know, by the time because to the third or fourth preseason game, you're probably gonna have one that nobody plays in. It's gonna be kind of it's kind of a slog if you're not uh, just on the on the top level. But like I feel like this might be. More interesting than some, just because of those little things you can kind of glean. Does that kind of make sense?
1: Yeah, for sure. I mean, most most teams. I mean, we we know kind of they don't want to show everything in the preseason. Right. <laughs> That's which, the which is pretty silly because by the time you get to your third or fourth regular season game, everything is out there. So it yes. it feels silly to me anyway. But there's still some some dynamic of that all, all the way around the league. Uh, you know, for for me, it's like. I'm anxious to see like what is AJ doing? Like what is Jalen yeah. doing? Like that you know, is a, like we talked about a minute ago, is a Konglu's kind of offensive kind of um set up a little bit differently, different in that sense. And So I'm I'm looking for all of that. But I, I do think when there's a new coach, right? And and yeah, I know you know, Quinn finished the season leading the team last year, but he's talked very directly about some of the limitations that kind of came along with the situation he 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 joined in, right? But whether I'm watching the Sixers with Nick Nurse or the Bucks with Adrian Griffin and kind of on, on and on, I do think those teams are um, you know the ones that are most interesting to watch in the preseason um, in, in that sense. And so you know lineups like who's playing together, right? Yep. Uh, positionally, like is Jalen still a four, like, or is he doing some stuff like more at the three um, when he plays? Bogey, potentially like bogey and Bay together, who's in which defensive role, right? and 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 so there's a lot to that that i'm I'm kind of anxious to see the way they are shaking that out. I think it will be uh, you know just like you said, pretty revealing uh, by preseason standards
0: yeah, there's there's just also this intriguing balance too that I'm sure I'm gonna have to try to walk on the show and you will with your coverage, like you don't want to make too definitive of observations about what happens, especially when it comes to lineups, especially when it comes to how guys play. Like there was a lot, there were some hot takes I saw about AJ and summer league. And it's like, I get it, but it's still summer league. And he played two games, like that kind of thing. And uh, preseasons probably more instructive in some ways, but also it's still going to be a small sample size. You're going to see guys kind of just getting their feet wet in a lot of ways. Um How deep do they go? Like I, I candidly, I, I, I send some feelers out to folks in Utah. I don't really know how Quinn "Quote unquote," to the preseason in Utah. You know what I mean? Like some coaches like to see their guys and like play them like relatively normal workloads, and they might like have a rest day. But some coaches, like Bud, was not a really press guys a lot in the preseason kind of thing. Um, you know, I'll be interested to see that. I actually just kind of really don't know. I did I did a little bit of poking around, but I don't want to make assumptions on that just yet. So, um, little things and yeah, positions. It's interesting. I mean, the most glaring stuff, of course, probably the number one easy storyline to consume in the next couple of weeks is the quote-unquote battle at the power forward spot. I mean, that's going to be the question that I get and and you get. Um, I think fans are also talking about Clint and Onyeka, but I think that one's going to be more of a surprise if it's not Clint. Um, but, yeah, I mean, little things. Like, okay, here's another one for you, Glenn. Do we see Quinn throw the throw the bone to everybody and, and play Onyeka and Clint in the preseason together? Does he try it? I don't know if he's going to do it, but does he try right. it once? Uh, that, that kind of thing. Like, it's a good time to experiment – but at the same time it could throw you off a scent too if you like almost intentionally <laughs> if they want to
1: right yeah i mean it, that that is interesting right and and i think i think the preseason is the time to to kind of try that out and kind of yeah. kind of see see what the impact is specifically offensively if you have a plan defensively i think that 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 can be workable you're you're still you're asking Yuki to do something he's literally never done right yeah. Um, Aside from maybe, like
0: one position at the end of the game or something like that, he's never actually which played. Was like, which time.
1: was like three times that, right. Or you know, maybe yeah. three times that happened. So I mean, I, I I do want listeners and 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 fans to appreciate like asking a player to do something they literally have never done before. It's like last year when Jalen was defending at the point of attack and trying to work over screens, and it's like you have to remind yourself to me like we have to remind ourselves this is he's literally never done this, right? Yep. Uh, the first are like, are we gonna see Jalen run a pick and roll? He's lit. Yeah, he, he, I, I went back and looked at like <laughs> NBA stats, and I think it said that he'd run 13. That'd be like weak, weak side DHO flipped it. It, it had to be some contextual thing it was just weird, but or or, you know.
0: or or garbage time or whatever it was. You know, I sure. no, it's a group, and also that's one thing where it's easy not to derail, but like it's easy to talk about this more now because to your point, once they get into the season you know, you won't see guys doing something that they've never done before. So if you're, if you're going to do something, you're going to use camp. And again, camp is overstay. It's, it's only like five days. Like people think of camp. It's like this like month long. No, they have, they have five days together essentially. And then they're playing a game on Tuesday. Now it's a game. It doesn't matter, but that's the, the heart of training camp is a four or five day process. And like, you can't change your entire life in those five days. Now the Hawks have been practicing. No, no, practice is the wrong word. In fact, they would not want me to say that out loud. The Hawks have been playing together. Guys have been in Atlanta playing together for a while. And that's...
1: To- Semi-organized activity.
0: Semi-organized. Coaches can't <laughs> coach. They could be right. in the building. They can't coach. There, there are rules, and they do get followed. But, I mean, they kind of... They all pretty much openly talked about it. Like, guys have been in town for a few weeks playing almost every day. So there's part of that, too. But um, And there's some instruction, like, not during, but, like, if they wanted, for instance, to use your example, if they wanted Jalen to play more at the point of attack defensively. If they want to jail and have the ball in his hands more, they will tell him that ahead of time. And you can get some, some not quite the same reps, but you get some reps in, in pickup. Um, if they went into the season this year, I'm not saying they're going to, but if they did want to try a Congo and Capella at some point, they will do that this week. They will put it in. They will look at it a little bit this week behind closed doors where nobody can see it because I know it seems pretty odd, but some, you can't just throw them out there in a game if they have not practiced. <laughs> it's like uh, practice gets overrated in the NBA. As I know you know, they don't they don't practice a lot. It's more like yeah. install stuff. But, like, right now they're actually practicing, which is a, a, a key distinction. Yeah,
1: and one of Quinn's comments was we're going to practice. Like, you know, yeah. so, uh, well, like, okay, are they elevating that some? Can, can, you know, can, and I don't necessarily, like, does Quinn know, like, how much they practice with Nate, yeah, you know? Um, Maybe a little bit. They, Just ask around. <laughs> yeah, and they, I mean, Nate was old school, and like when when something is off track, we're gonna go practice. Like that's the kind of I think the typical. They, they, thing. they would
0: go long. They would go longer, and some you know coaches for coaches, uh Doc's a practice like is not a practice guy during the season. Like there there are people there are coaches that do different things, but different teams too. And the Hawks are fairly young. I mean, they're not incredibly young, but they don't right. have any of these. Well, I guess now they do. Now, now they have Patty and Wes, but before, yeah. who, 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 who everyone talks about as if they were fifty. At Media Day, which was amusing to me because they are older guys, but um, it's, a, it's a young t- it's a young team. Let's just say so.
1: it, it, they turned yeah you know, a little younger and and they're young in some key some key spots oh, yeah. in the in the rotation for sure. I think that's the the really the thing that jumps out at you. Yep. But yeah, yeah, I mean those are the kind of little kind of nuance things that that I think is going to be really interesting to to kind of see like what what do they throw out there? And for me, like if they play say four minutes. Uh, whatever I meant with Clint and Inyuka. I'm going to rewatch and rewatch and rewatch oh, yeah. that over and over. Cause okay, what was the plan? What's the template here? What are they doing? What are they asking in Yucca to do? Um, how's he handling what they're asking him to do? Uh, are they getting him into space in a way that getting him into space where he still has a center kind of to, to rely on was totally brand new to him how does he manage that so those are definitely the kind of the that's the candy I'm kind of looking for that I'm attracted to and and and, and I'm kind of interested to see that but yeah I mean you know AJ and Jalen's offensive role I think we know what Bay's going to do right even though they only played the last couple months you know with the team we talked about the fact he juiced their offense like massively right and then so Jalen AJ and then Yaka's offensive are they deployed differently right in that way. And then, I mean, the other sense is, I mean, some of what Quinn has in mind, like, is not the most natural thing for DeJounte and DeAndre, right? Like, mm-hmm. they're a little more methodical. They're a little more deliberate. Maybe I'm underselling it using saying a little more in, in a way, but <laughs> that, you know, but they like to kind of see the reaction to the ball swinging to them and then attacking, and Quinn's like, on the catch, on the catch, on the catch. And so I think it's going it, to be – and this is where we really have to kind of caution ourselves. Like, at mm-hmm. the first game, DeAndre catches the ball on the weak side three times, and his execution is like, okay, it's early, right? Yep. And and well, I'm not make too much of that. Um, But but it'll still be interesting to see, like, oh, they're asking Andre DeAndre to go faster. They're asking DeJounte to, you know, get into this and, and be a part of a two-man action on the weak side and attack that. That's – Definitely um, just seeing how seeing how the team is adapting to and acclimating these kind of new sets of principles and points of emphasis that Quinn is throwing out there offensively, I think it's gonna be interesting. Even if we don't wanna say that's how it's gonna go all year or that's even how it's gonna go the first month of the season. But it's just to see, you know, how it looks at this point in time is still to me interesting.
0: I won't make you do a whole thing on this necessarily, but I do wanna know we talked about it a little bit already, but is there anything that like is like clearly at the top of your list in terms of things you're looking for? It could be it could be schematic, it could be positional, it could be player specific, something you already mentioned. I don't know, like or, or it could just be broadly like, hey, I, I want to know what Quinn's gonna run. Because I'm glad you, you made a point earlier about this is gonna this is more for the audience than you, obviously. But every NBA team kind of knows everybody else's sets. Like it's not like football where there's like this closely guarded like you have you have these plays that you're gonna that you're gonna like really hide from everybody else. Once everybody runs everything. Like opposing defenders are calling out your plays, like as yep. they happen. If you ever, see, yep. if you ever sit courtside in an NBA game, if you, if there's a smart defender, if I don't know, pick pick a guy, they're calling out every single set that the other team yep. is running. It is Ron, there are no there are no secrets. Yeah, yeah Ron,
1: <laughs> Rondo's famous for that. Draymond's famous for that. Pat yes. is famous. There 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 are others, um, but that but that's where in the NBA it's not so much what you're running, what you're running matters. You have to your yes. offensive scheme and actions have to feature your best offensive talent and skills and, and personnel and all that sort of stuff, but how you run it, like really matters, right? And your, when and you your get, options,
0: like, and, and your secondary is off of everything else totally. and all that stuff. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Which means like everybody's paying attention. Like, Oh, everybody's loading up on Trey and there's not, you know, four other guys just how, how does Trey deal with this double team and just kind of, you know, spacing the floor, but more so like, how do we help Trey? Like what is our, and that's just not like on the fly. What are we going to do? You no, know, this is what we do when this defensive team hedges, traps, loads up, whatever that might be, and 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 that's where I think Quinn's Quinn's uh, approach and the way he talks about wanting his opposite team to play is pretty pretty vastly different. Like Nate was, you know, from his era was like move the ball and you <laughs> should have a mismatch, right? And attack the mismatch. And yeah. you know, if we want to talk about analytics, or whatever, like that's that's ISO and mid range and all that sort of stuff there's a, there's still a place for that, you know, to, today yes. for the players who are awesome at that. Right. Um, but that's not what you want to kind of lean on is like, that's your one B on every kind of play. And so that's going to be really interesting to see. Um, but yeah. Yeah. Defenses basically call it your place. And to me, it's exactly what you said is when the defense does this against, whether it's you know pistol action or whatever you want to call it, or, you know, uh floppy action or whatever okay when they decide how they're going to try to defend this how do we react to what the defense is presenting to us and can we see it as a collective unit and attack it right away or as has I think too often kind of been the trend are we going to watch Trey like for the first eight seconds of the shot clock mm-hmm. and see kind of how, how he wants to deal with this they gotta as as great as Trey is as an individual kind of creator uh, they're still going to limit themselves, especially during important stretches late in games, if they're kind of watching Trey try to kind of figure out how he wants to attack that. That's not a, at all a dig of Trey, right? That's no. um, just kind of I think a shift philosophically that we'll that we'll see here is this is what we are going to do when Trey sees A or B or C, and and you know how aggressive will defenses be in the preseason? Like how much opportunity will the Hawks have to <laughs> like? It, it's it's hard, it's so hard to know. Right. Oh, yeah. um, but hopefully we'll get some, some, some view there. It's, it's funny as you were talking about what did Quinn do in the preseason? Like, I don't know why I remember this, but I, I watched, a, I don't know, probably I don't know, eight years ago, like the jazz played, I don't remember who they were playing at the beginning of the season. And like both teams were playing like the fastest offensive pace I'd ever seen. And I, and it, I was like, are these, did these coaches agree to like just get as many reps? Like, as, uh, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Let's get as many reps as we can, you know? Um, which was it was just kind of weird because I think at, at halftime that game was like eighty to eighty or you know or something like that but uh, <laughs> but I don't that that's the one of how many like I don't know fifty preseason well, games that uh, jumps out at me but it, it's it's funny
0: it is and it, it's a reminder like the results truly don't matter which I think people understand but they really. Right. They, guys want to win always, but they they don't they actually don't care in the preseason like truly don't care. um They want to play well. They want to play well exactly right. um because you know and again nobody's going to play even if the, even for teams that push hard quote unquote. Trey's not playing 38 minutes in a preseason game. like That's that's not going to happen. Like you might play 28 minutes or something like that, but like there's going to be time where and they're going to go deep in the games. Maybe you do one dress rehearsal where you only play 10 or play 11 or whatever, but most of the time you're going to see your. Your rookies and whatever else at some point in the game and all that stuff. Um, It is a little, also a reminder that what you said about the pace. um, Everybody's fresh in the preseason, so like inherently, and it happens, happens during the eighty-two game slog as well. Early in the year, pace is at its highest because guys are fresh and nobody's well, not not nobody's hurt, but most guys are close to one hundred percent and you know energy's high and all that stuff. And you're running around as soon as you get a couple back-to-backs, and you know, it starts to slow down a little bit and slow down, and slow down, and slow down, and slow down. And it's it's kind of what it is. Um. I, I do yeah, want to ask it, you something. Go ahead. Yeah, like
1: the, the only other thing is, I mean, I'm anxious to see how how much are Trae Aj- and Dejounte playing together versus are they still like heavily staggered? If
0: uh-huh. they're playing
1: together, what does that look like? I think it'll look different, you know, than what we saw last year. If they're not staggering, like uh, is like does Kobe play a ton in the preseason? Did, did you hear? Did,
0: so um, I, I think you heard it. Did you Did you hear? It? I asked Landry, not Quinn. I, I asked Landry about kind of like patty's role in particular because he talked about patty and you know look and landry did say he played he could play both spots but he kind of leaned to patty at the two and Mm -hmm. when he said that like it's objectively kind of true the way that patty's played is more of an offensive shooting guard for sure sure. but if he's not their plan as the third point guard they don't have a third point guard i mean kobe bumpkin they've acknowledged that they would like kobe to be able to play point guard in the future Yep. But he's never speaking of guys who, who've never done that before summer league. And they've been, um, I think to their credit, they've kind of given him a little bit of cover with saying repeatedly, he'd not done that before, but summer league didn't go that well at point guard for him. He'd never done it before. It's his first time. And yeah. then behind them, uh, he mentioned Kobe, he mentioned Trent Forrest, who's a guy who can't really run an offense. Like I lo- I like Trent Forrest quite a bit. Trent's an offensive, a, a defensive point guard. He's great defensively at the point of attack, but he can't really run your stuff. So like, that's it. If they're not going to stagger, and honestly, it felt like him almost announcing we're still going to stagger. <laughs> you know what I mean? Right, because right. if they don't stagger Trey and Ajante, I right. can't imagine this is going to be their plan at third point. Or Maybe I'm wrong. It's weird. Oh,
1: the, the, so I, it's funny because a little reminder, Trent Forrest played in Utah with Quinn. He right? sure did. Yep. And and he had moments offensively last year where he attacked the weak side and like went straight into a crease, went straight to the rim. Yep. And and, and I, it's, it's silly because he doesn't have a very broad set of offensive skills. But sometimes coaches are like, just do your thing. Like do the one thing, like yeah. do the one thing you can do. And I thought in those moments, right, can you scale that? Like
0: that's He makes the right hard. play. He makes the right play. Right. I mean, I, when, when he played, I remember you t- talking to you about this. Like they like what Trent did. But what Trent was asked to do was not play point guard. Like Trent was right. almost—he was playing a secondary role, which is fine. And like, right. there's a value, there's value to that. But it goes back to the same thing. If like, are, are you going to play Trent and Patty together, and that's the way you're going to do it? I don't know. Right. Like, it's or, like again, or, we're, we're way down the line here. Yeah, but it's—I know.
1: Well, the you know. the only other interesting kind of wrinkle to me, I have no idea what Quinn thinks about this. Is I mean, Bogey can unlock a lot of different kind of stuff. Bogey can run your offense, right? And it's he's been be the different
0: Right. He
1: does that in international play a ton. Right. And, and so he has the capability of running a pick and roll. It's a different looking and different uh, kind of a different feel to it, a different kind of style of pick and roll. Oh yeah. He can do that. He can pass the basketball. He's as smart as any player in the league, He knows what he's doing. And so if you want to shift away from such a heavy stagger, Like you could get away with, again, you want to be, I think you want to be careful what kind of defensive line that she'll throw it out against, but bogey plus AJ plus Bay plus Jalen, Jalen has nice ball handling a pass, you know? And so that I'm like, I'm not saying like, Oh, this is a great plan. I'm just saying it's an option, right? It it is, it is. And especially if in the preseason, the idea is like, no, I want DeJounte and Trey getting as many minutes together. Right. Because what we're asking them to do together is very different. Thus oh then those, it's not an issue those, at all.
0: <laughs> yeah. Those
1: those together reps are way more important than the separate the separate reps, like, okay, that's that's those together reps if they're you know, really changing the approach then Quinn may be like, No, I well, want all their minutes to be together in the preseason, right? Because yeah. that that that's that's that, and that makes sense. And
0: rest. yeah, and I'm glad you said it guys I I should have pointed that out to in the preseason, which is what we're talking about mostly right now, like that would make a ton of sense. I- I'd like to see them play together, maybe not all the time, but most of the time right. that they're playing. Yep. Um, because the results when they were off the court don't really matter as much. It's probably I'm really, I'm thinking about when the lights come on and you gotta fill those twelve to sixteen minutes without Trey. And like, you know, they, they've not built this, they've still built this roster as if they're gonna stagger, is what I would say. Now right. they, they may not do it. But the way they built this team right now, I think, is a a pretty clear announcement. Like we're going to stagger because, like, they could have gone out and got a boring backup point guard, and they didn't. They didn't do that. I mean, they traded for Patty, but Patty again is more of a combo, and they know that. They talked about it. So, uh, and he's a vet and all that stuff. And there's value to having Patty Mills. Like, I think he's a valuable player, but that's not the guy you want if you weren't going to stagger. Is what I think.
1: And, And and in San Antonio, Patty played off of Tony Parker. Some. Yep. He played off of Manu a lot like where Amanda was really kind of functioning as, you know, the, the point guard on the second unit or whatever that was. So Patty can do kind of, kind of whatever. He's probably not right for like a lot of heavy, like actual point guard usage at this point in time, Right. but you know, probably his best skill offensively is when the ball finds him on the weak side, he does the right thing every single time. And that's what Quinn I think is really kind of looking for right now. So even if that's just like, Hey, Patty's going to be in our rotation through the end of the, 2023 or whatever that is and then we're going to see how kobe's doing and maybe start shifting some opportunity there i mean it's you know and same with same with west matthews in terms of like a responsible adult you know that oh, yeah. can kind of do the right things on both ends that's i think that's that's helpful in in that sense I, I think both those guys will just kind of help settle and help everyone kind of settle into what needs to be done i, I think that in that way they're both kind of valuable presences
0: All right, that is all for part one of two with Glenn Willis of ATL129 and Peachtree Hoops. Stay tuned. Part two should be available in your podcast feed of choice right now. And go ahead and subscribe to the podcast anywhere you get your shows in audio or video form. Subscribe to the podcast, of course, but also follow the show on Twitter slash X at Lots on Hawks. Follow me on Twitter at BT Roland. Stay tuned and we'll see you all next time.